Unlock me! Unlock me! I'm not gonna swear, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um, no. It's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, what's going on? I am Mark Grody here with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Great to hear a solid block of Bears talk. Anthony Heron jumping in for Jeff Joniak on Bears All Access with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. Those guys sounding great. I am open now. We are open for you at 312-644-6767. That is the phone number to call here at The Score. The man to whom you will speak is the executive producer for this show tonight, and that is Brandon Fryer. 312-644-6767. That is the phone number. That also just happens to be the text line here at 670 The Score as well. A lot to do tonight including the Bears, which I will get to in a minute. There was news today on the Bears. Not unexpected news, but we will get to that news nonetheless here momentarily. Also on the Cubs, Mike Bryant is mad at Joe Buck. So we will definitely delve into that. And Ian Happ, the the latest Cubs player to weigh in on Wilson Contreras' pointed comments about his teammates, some interesting things said about maybe some misinterpretation, but Ian Happ weighed in on the Bernstein and Rahimi show like he does tend to do about once a week when he joins that show. So we'll bring you back some of that a little bit later on, and I will tell you how I feel about it as well. And You know that I have been... Team Wilson Contreras, we'll find out if I'm still Wilson Contreras and on his team when we hear from Ian Happ a little bit later on. Uh, There was a great block performed by Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks last night in Game 4 of the, the NBA Finals. And later on, I will reveal to you my favorite NBA block of all time. And yes, spoiler, it does involve the Chicago Bulls. You could guess, if you would like, on the text line right now, 312-644-6767. And I also like your participation a little bit later on in the show. In the 8 o'clock hour, we we are going to, to do this. Start to think about great interactions that you had with athletes when you were a kid when you were at your most impressionable as a sports fan, when you probably took sports more seriously than you ever had, everything is real, everything is large. Because I was at the gym yesterday, and as most gyms do, they have a number of televisions that you could use during your your workouts. And all of a sudden, on one of my TVs, I, I saw Deborah Norville. Maybe you don't remember Deborah Norville. She she hosts a show now. She's on TV doing it. I think she's Inside Edition. She does a lot of infomercial things. She is an omnipresent television personality who used to work here in Chicago. Then she went national because she's really good. Um, but it reminded me of one of my favorite childhood sports moments. And it's kind of crazy. I'll connect those dots a little bit later on in the show. But 312-644-6767. The deadline for the the Bears and Allen Robinson to try to get a multi-year deal done came and went at 3 p.m. Chicago time. Unless there is an extreme surprise party that everybody has kept under wraps and hasn't been revealed yet, 
Allen Robinson will likely not be around for multiple years with the Chicago Bears. What it means is, is that Robinson will play out the upcoming season under the franchise tag. Robinson will make about $18 million, guaranteed. He pockets that, that money. That, that is his for the year. The Bears could tender him the franchise tag again next year if they so desire, but that probably won't happen. The likely outcome will be that Robinson will hit free agency and probably won't be a Chicago Bear. It's not out of the realm of possibility after this year, but that's just the way it goes, and usually in these situations, there aren't deals that are, are met. And what this means to me more than anything is a ton of pressure. The Bears are banking on other players on that offense, which has underperformed since Matt Nagy got here. The Bears are banking on other players rising to the occasion and making the offense go. Yes, Allen Robinson is still going to be the most productive player on the Bears. I'd be shocked if he wasn't, barring injury. But... They're going to have to, because again, they're, they're obviously banking on it for their future. They're going to have to, to feature more players, and those players are going to have to make big jumps this season in order for this to be justified. And it's not an easy ask. It's When you think about some of the players, it feels like it could be or even should be, when you talk about somebody like Darnell Mooney, who was outstanding last year, but outstanding for a rookie, not necessarily relative to the rest of the NFL. He, he had last year Mooney, 61 catches, 631 yards, and four touchdowns. Really good for a rookie, but now it's the, the next step. No more messing around. No more, it's a great story because he's a fifth-round rookie out of Tulane. Now it's, guess what? You need to maybe get that to 1,000 yards, at least 800 yards. No more kid gloves. Speaking of kid gloves, no more kid gloves for Cole Komet. Cole Komet, 28 catches, 243 yards, and two touchdowns. That probably wasn't all his fault because they didn't really use him much early in the season or didn't target him a whole lot until towards the end of the season when we started to see what we saw at Notre Dame and why the Bears made him a second-round pick in the draft last year. So Cole Komet, like, that, that's pressure, man. No, like, it, and it is. Like, great local kid, Notre Damer, great story, great kid, the whole thing. But guess what? Now there's, like, real pressure. There's real pressure on Cole Komet to perform, not just because of Allen Robinson, but because of where he was drafted. David Montgomery, last year, 247 rushes for 1,070 yards and eight touchdowns. That's going to have to go up or at least stay on that trajectory. You know, 1,070 yards is good, but you really want to get into that 1,400, 1,500-yard area, and he's got to be a bigger part of the receiving game as well. So there is, what this means is there is more pressure now for the guys that should be around a lot longer to perform. There, there is no slow climb once you are into your second and third years. Moreover, one Allen Robinson may not be a part of this thing beyond this year. So, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you, Allen Robinson has to be the number one target. He's probably going to be the best player on your offense still, I think, unless Justin Fields does quarterback this year. But the, the the rest of these guys, 
got to make the jump. That That's what this stimulated for me today. 312-644-6767 is the number. Do you feel confident that these guys, some of these guys that I just mentioned, and maybe you could fill in some of the blanks of guys that I didn't even mention, that these guys have that next-level talent? And very simply, are you okay with what the Bears are doing with Allen Robinson or not doing with Allen Robinson? 312-644-6767. Why is this happening? I mean, there are many theories and possibilities as to why this is going on, Where, why the Bears have made the decision. The simple answer is they didn't want to pay him the money that Allen Robinson was asking for another thing that has been thrown around and the words have come out of my mouth too do we we question how much they value not the player because we know they value Allen robinson they signed you know the, the guy had a torn acl in 2017 crushed just about his entire season and then in 2018 the bears went out and remember there was a bunch of free agents in that class Al Robinson was the guy that they circled, went after, and got. Three-year, $42 million contract with the Bears in, in 2018. And you know that he has performed. So you know they like the player. Last year, 16 games, 102 catches, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns. With Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, try, like the quarterback play was so scattered last year and so uneven, and there was Allen Robinson doing what he did. Only one year where Robinson... Did not have 1,000 yards, and that was back in 2018, his first year, actually, because he only played 12 games. He still had 754 yards and led the team in in targets. So they they obviously value the player. We don't know if they value the position as much, especially with what happened last year and Darnell Mooney getting drafted in the fifth round and doing what he did with the 600-plus yards receiving. That was a bit of a revelation. It may be unexpected, although I think the Bears circled him because they were not sure about Anthony Miller. I don't know that that had so much to do with Allen Robinson as it had to do with with the, again, uneven play of what was going on with Anthony Miller. So here's why, here's why I think that the Bears are doing this. So many times through the last couple of years, or let's just say the last year of the questions about Allen Robinson for the beginning of the season, of which I was a part of the the media scrums and the Zoom press conferences and live when we were able to be live, whenever we talked about whatever there was critiques of the quarterback play, one of the things that Ryan Pace, when he did talk, and Matt Nagy would say, yeah, we got a problem there. Things are not great there. Just paraphrasing. But they would always make sure to mention that it's the entire offense, that there are tons of places that you can quote-unquote blame or that need to be better or where resources need to go. In other words, there's a lot of problems with the Bears' offense. And they can't afford, putting it simply, you can't afford to, when you have multiple problems on an offense, you cannot afford to put it in one place. And that's what essentially the Bears would be doing if they put all their eggs in the Allen Robinson basket. We saw a move this year to the Bears really focusing on offensive line in the draft, obviously, with Tevin Jenkins having been selected in the second round. And until the, the very moment they did get Justin Fields and were able to trade up for him, 
Tevin Jenkins was probably a first-round pick to the Bears. They go and get Larry Borum. You know, they, they draft him in, in the fifth round, and they've got plans for him, no doubt about it. You got James Daniels back this year. Cody White here is going to be in position, obviously, after the reconfiguration last year. Jermaine Effetti, who played fine at right tackle last year. And then, of course, you know, Charles Leno Jr. having been way. But there are other places this year in this draft and in the future where the resources need to go. I saw this, too. It was in the Tribune. Dan Weederer had cited that, according to the NFL public salary cap report, the Bears have a little more than $6.5 million for 2021. That is, that is not a lot. So I think that it can't – yeah, there, there's a game of negotiation that was certainly going on with the two sides, things that we are not privy to – so we don't have all the answers, but putting it simply from the the side of the Bears, I think they're thinking about the future and where resources need to go, and that this is a, even though it probably will be Andy Dalton on summer tw- September 12th, this is going to be Justin Fields' team going forward. Do I wish the Bears would sign Al- would have signed Allen Robinson to a multi-year deal? Absolutely, because I do think that this is a guy who's probably got four or five more years playing the way he has played for the Chicago Bears during his stint here since since 2018. So, yeah, I do. But I, I think that that is the number one reason why they haven't, that they have to fix many areas, and that's where they are putting the value in on this right now. 312-644-6767 if you, if you want to weigh in on that. And yeah, and I heard those guys talking about it on, on Bears All Access too, that they of course would would like him to be here with the Bears in, in the future. But there is a there is a new future for the Chicago Bears and and that is absolutely Justin Fields. And yeah, I mean I mentioned Anthony Miller too. We don't know I mean you just don't know going into every single year what you're going to get out of him as a playmaker, but there will be a high expectation for him this year as well. So it again, this puts a ton of pressure on a a lot of Bears players because of what went down today. Um, Alan Rob obviously will be at training camp in a couple of weeks, and Alan Robinson always very accommodating to the media. I do expect that that he will talk and he will probably entertain questions on it. I think eventually there will be some sort of cap put on it in terms of asking about his year, but he's always been a professional like that. He's always stood up and talked, not going to give us a necessarily a concrete answer on what happened or what he's really thinking, but you know that we're going to ask him about it as well. Um, yeah, and, and Robinson, I was looking through, you know, I was following him very closely on Twitter today to see if, if he was going to comment about it or if any other Bears players might say anything about it, and really nothing. Allen Robinson is a huge NBA fan, so if you follow Allen Robinson on Twitter, you know that a majority of his tweets right now are about the NBA. Like, he's like a, he's like a, like a legit fan. You know, a lot of athletes talk about other sports that they like, and maybe it's the NBA. In this case, it is for Allen Robinson. That guy, like, he's into the minutia when it comes to to the to the NBA, and why not? It's been a very entertaining series so far between the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. 
on this show. But if you want to weigh in on the Bears, Allen Robinson, 312-644-6767 is the number. And when we return, there is a really ugly reality that exists in the NFL and it can be it can be attached to Eddie Goldman from whom we still have not heard as to whether or not he will report to training camp in a couple of weeks i think he will but there is one very cynical viewpoint as to what he might do and what apparently other players have done in the past as well i don't know if i buy it but it's I don't know, for lack of a better word, it's it's scary. We're going to play that for you next. I'm Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. If you ask me, Molly, that's how important Eddie Goldman is. I, I'm the head coach. I get on the plane. I go see him. I go see where he's at, where his mind is at, what kind of shape he's in, and do I have to worry about it? And look, if you're Ryan Pace and their scouting department and the guy who puts the team together, I'm going to go see this guy because I need to know, do I need another nose guard? Do I have to worry about you? Do I have a problem? And that's really where this should start. It shouldn't be what is Eddie Goldman doing. It shouldn't be we're surprised he isn't here. We should already know that. We should already have a plan to counter that, and we should already have people in his house, in his room, talking to him and looking at him and seeing what he looks like workout-wise. That's former Bears center Olin Krutz on the Molly and Haw Show. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. You do wonder, too, and, and I'm sure that the Bears went into the draft this year. I mean, they have to have considered that with the fact that he opted out last year many players did and it was totally and completely understandable and frankly none of our business that any players opted out last year that that's everybody that did that gets a pass and should not be questioned but I'm sure Ryan Pace and his crew of scouts and assistants probably wanted to draft thinking you know somewhere along the line here we want we want these offensive guys we want Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum and, of course, Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert. But you know what? Somewhere along the line, we might want to draft Kyrus Tonga, too, because he plays on that defensive line and is a nose tackle. I don't think that you, you know, you don't depend on a seventh-round defensive player to come in and make an impact. You just hope that that guy makes the team. But that did happen. They did draft Kyrus Tonga. So that I'm sure that there was some thought that that went into that. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe Ryan, I, I hope that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have, have attempted to make communication with Eddie Goldman. I'm sure they have. I don't know that they have gone to see him or request to meet with him, find out and and see him. But yeah, that that would be a smart idea for sure. 312-644-6767. We don't know if Eddie Goldman is going to be in in training camp i was talking about last night if you ask me i think he will be there because if he was not going to be there i do believe he would have had the common decency to let the bears know by now that maybe if it's not public i would think that the bears would know one way or the other by now and part of that is 
is because they did give him a nice extension with guaranteed money back in 2018. So I would think at the 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 very least, if the human spirit is alive and well, that one would have the common decency to say, yeah, I'm sorry, and I appreciate everything you guys have done because the Bears have been good to Eddie Goldman. I'm going to be good to you and tell you, tell you what's up. So that's what I think. There, though, is a really cynical possibility and i do think it is like the one of the nuclear peripheral possibilities i i hadn't even considered this but mike florio of pro football talk was on the score with bernstein and rahimi the other day and he said this about what players do and what eddie goldman might be thinking well you know i don't have my computer in front of me i'd pull up the information but he's got a significant amount of signing bonus money that he has not yet earned that he would owe the team if he were to retire. And, you know, this is a cynical view, but I know that the agents out there who are charged with representing the best interests of a player, I I know that if, if you would poll all of the agents, it would be an overwhelming yes in favor of basically telling the guy, look, show up and, and just half acid and you'll get cut. And when they cut you, you don't owe them anything. So just go through the motions until they decide you're not good enough and they're moving on with someone else. Don't get yourself fined. Don't get yourself in trouble. But if you just don't show up, then you're going to have to pay back all this money. And, and I remember it being a fairly significant amount, somewhere between 5 and $10 million for Eddie Goldman. And, and I think that's the dilemma here. What's the right thing to do? The right thing to do is just retire. But if they're going to expect you to pay back that money, the smart thing to do is show up and perform like somebody whose heart isn't in it anymore and hope that come Labor Day weekend you're not on the team and you don't owe them anything if they cut you. If you quit, you owe them. If they cut you, you don't owe them anything. Mm, man, I like. I guess I'm naive that I didn't. Obviously, that has gone on in the NFL or Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk on the Bernstein and Rahimi show would not have that experience to draw that from. But that's a... That's a horrible thought that that a player would do that. I I don't suspect that that would be in in Eddie Goldman. I like Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman's a nice guy. Like everybody talks about Eddie Goldman, he's a different guy. He, he just, I don't know if he's a different guy. He's a very quiet guy. He's just very to himself. I've interviewed him, you know, a few times live doing the the post game shows over on BBM on game days, always like when he is available, he's accommodating. He'd prefer not to talk. He, he is of that ilk, but I've had nothing but good experiences with Eddie Goldman. I, I can't, I can't really describe what he's actually like because he's so quiet. And I guess in that regard, he is a little bit of a, of a mystery man, but I would think that his bosses would probably be able to, to get a hold of him. It's interesting because that that attitude from players, and you've got to be real clear here, that is just something that Mike Florio is throwing out there, but, but obviously that happens. You know, there is, players are more empowered than they have ever been. We know that. There is also resentment from players about the the National Football League and some of the sustained injuries that they have post-career. 
And with with the big one being the head injuries, but there's a lot more than that. I mean, you could look at most NFL players just that played the game for you know eight to twelve years or whatever or less. They usually have some sort of ailment. They they usually walk. Look at Mike Ditka. Look at Dan Hampton. They don't walk right. Never have since they played. You know, with Ditka was the hip, and then like a thousand different injuries from Dan Hampton. And I'm just naming a couple of players, and those are much older players. There are much more recent players that we all know about that have sustained serious injuries and have died from them. So there is, there is that resentment from from players that exist, but even bigger than that is the fact that there are not that other than signing bonus money, which is plentiful, and I believe it was $25 million for Eddie Goldman when he signed his extension, there's no guaranteed contracts that when you could get cut or waived on a whim, you know, that builds up a little bit of, you know, we versus them, us versus them. And it's the age. It's not necessarily the players who are that just do it and just you know make these moves. It's it's the agents running this too and saying, hey, here's how you and essentially me, the agent, how we could all keep our money and do this. And guess what? No, you shouldn't feel bad about it. There's no guaranteed contracts in the NFL. What do they ever do for us? What about guys that have head injuries? What about guys that can't walk after their career? What have these guys done for you? It's a dangerous, violent, crazy sport. So. You know, I, I guess that that part goes against what I was saying earlier and hoping for the optimistic viewpoint and the human spirit and all of that, that he would allow for somebody like that to to not say a single thing. 312-644-6767 is the number if you'd like to call in here, talk about the Bears, or you could text us at uh, 312-644-6767 is the number. But I do think, I do believe that Eddie Goldman will show up to camp. I just think that we would know it by now if if he didn't. I also want to make it clear, too, I don't think that if, if Eddie Goldman is not there, I don't think that we're going to see Kyrus Tonga all of a sudden starting as as your nose tackle. Bilal Nichols did it some last year, but it, it wasn't always very comfortable. You are without Roy Robertson-Harris this year. The Bears' defensive end is gone in free agency. There is some depth. There are some defensive players signed. We'll see what kind of moves they make if Eddie Goldman is not around, but it is definitely something that that they are going to have to keep an eye on and that we are all going to have to monitor. Because there's also the part two where if Eddie Goldman shows up, none of us knows what kind of shape he is is going to be in. Is he in football shape? Has he been following a program? It is he ready to go? And part of that is training camp. And then you got three preseason games to look forward to as well, starting Saturday, August 14th. So hopefully some of that will shake out the rust. But there's no doubt that there will be some of that involved as well. When we come back, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, there is more to the Wilson Contreras saga from the other day where Wilson Contreras was questioning his teammates' effort. The latest Chicago Cub to weigh in on that is center fielder Ian Happ. He was on the score today with Bernstein and Rahimi, 
And he actually had a lot of thoughts that go beyond Wilson Contreras. So we'll get to a few things that he said and react to those here in just a second. Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Here comes the 2 1. Swung on, hit in the air, deep right center. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure for Jock Peterson. Way up into the bleachers in right center. Peterson's second of the night. And just like that, it's a 5 to 2 ball game. It is beginning. The Chicago Cubs have traded Jock Peterson. Here it is. I've got the press release in my hands now. Actually, via email. But the Cubs acquire minor league first baseman Bryce Ball from the Atlanta Braves for outfielder Jock Peterson. Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody. So here it is. This is just hitting right now. We're going to talk to Bruce Levine in just a few moments. But I'm going to read you the media release because this is just happening right now. The Cubs have traded Jock Peterson to the Braves for a minor league outfielder. And here it is word for word. The Cubs today acquired minor league first baseman Bryce Ball from the Atlanta Braves for outfielder Jack Peterson. Ball 23 was selected by Atlanta in the 24th round of the 2019 draft out of Dallas Baptist University. Owns a 278 average, 30 doubles, one triple, 23 home runs, 82 RBIs in 115 minor league games. He has drawn 66 walks to contribute to a 377 on-base percentage and a 907 OPS. Here is more on on Bryce Ball. The six foot six inch left-handed hitting ball began his pro career in 2019, batting 329 with 18 doubles, uh, a 395 on base percentage, 628 slugging, and a 1.023 OPS between rookie league Danville and single A Rome. He earned uh, Appalachian League postseason all-star honors and was named by the organization as Danville's player of the year. Just a couple more things on him. Baseball America selected Ball as an Appalachian League rookie all-star and was tabbed by the publication as the best power hitter in the Braves organization. Um, Peterson, 29, signed with the Cubs in Feb of this year, hit 230 for the Cubs with 11 doubles, two triples, 11 home runs, 39 RBIs in 73 games for the Chicago Cubs. So there it is. It, it begins. Not exactly a blockbuster, but it does begin. And I'd always kind of been wondering about Jock Peterson. You know, he doesn't obviously have the value of Chris Bryant and Javier Baez and Anthony Rizzo and maybe Wilson Contreras and then down 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 the road to a Kyle Hendricks or guys like that. But Jock Peterson, except for the very beginning of this year, has been relatively productive. And I, I mean, I tracked the season and remember he's, he was horrible. No, no, he was great in the preseason in the spring training games. And then once the season started, I was like, where are you, Jock? What's going on? They put him on the DL. He came back, and he's been a pretty consistent hitter ever since. So 
so he is he is and I'm being told I'm being told that Bruce Levine is joining us right now. So Bruce Levine joins us here on the score. Brewster, you were the first person that I saw this from, that the Cubs acquire minor league first baseman Bryce Ball from Atlanta for Jock Peterson. What do you think about this deal? Well, it's uh, an idea that uh, first and foremost, uh, where the Cubs are going and uh, how they look at the 2021 season and and beyond. Uh, Peterson was a part and was supposed to be a part of a competitive team in 2021 that was uh, going to try to go into a playoff run and go deep into the playoffs. That obviously uh, kind of, that thinking kind of went away with that 11-game losing streak. And now you see the uh, Cubs in what appears to be a full trade mode and uh, getting ready to uh, most likely make some more deals before the July 30th trading deadline. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is the first one. I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise. As, as you said, Jock was supposed to be, you know, he was the final part of what this season was hopefully going to be for the Cubs. And then they probably had never thought about resigning it beyond this year, do you think? Well, I don't think they thought that they, they were going to do that. Uh, but, you know, this was, you know, part of the equation for the group. You know, he was the... He was the heir apparent in the replacement for Kyle Schwarber when they decided not to pay Kyle Schwarber and non-tendered him uh, in December, making, you know, parting ways with him and thinking that they would have another power hitter to play left field. He is a power hitter. Uh, as you described it, he got off to a real clunky start and uh, started to come around a little bit over the last, um, you know, month or two. But um Certainly not in the equation for next year, and as it apparently is for the Cubs right now, not in the equation for 2021. Bryce Ball is a really fine prospect in the Atlanta Braves organization, a top power-hitting first baseman uh, playing at, at Class uh, at Class A, and uh, there are many people that think he will be a quality, impactful major league first baseman so uh you you can look at that any way you want when you say cub first baseman the (laughs) only thing you ever thought about since 2013 was anthony rizzo and uh when you hear acquiring young first baseman uh that certainly gets your attention right now yeah i mean of course i i read into that immediately so i will ask the question does does this mean that anthony rizzo is maybe more vulnerable to being traded than a lot of us thought he might be i don't know if this move uh mark indicates that it indicates a move toward the future without question it doesn't necessarily mean that anthony rizzo won't be a part of the cubs future for the next couple of years there's still that possibility that he stays and that he signs for a a couple year extension but at age, uh, Anthony will turn uh, 32 here next month. At, a, at age uh, 32, obviously they're they're looking in the direction of younger talent down the road, and uh, they would, you know, any organization would, especially with with uh, their top young top top first baseman in the organization the last 10 years, uh, only a couple months away from free agency. Is this in any way? And, and I know that you know, we're all. We haven't seen Bryce Ball player. Maybe maybe you have, but when we start to grade and evaluate what what is going on, is this does this feel like? Because we've all been dying to know what the value of major league players is right now. Does it feel 
about right? Does this feel like a good deal for the Cubs? Yeah, it does. I mean, this is, this is a highly touted guy in the Atlanta organization. He's 23 years old, you know, uh, played some college ball, got drafted a few years ago, uh, showed well in 2019 because of no minor league baseball last year. He was at their alternate site for most of the year, but uh, uh, has shown, a, you know, a tremendous amount of power and uh, ability to drive in runs right away uh, in his uh limited minor league career so far so you know the the idea that this is going to be a home run hitter and a uh, first baseman at the major league level is certainly a part of why this uh, trade was made they're not just dumping jack peterson they're acquiring a player that they feel will be uh, a, a likely impactful major league player down the road yeah, no doubt. Brewster, I could, I could tell you've got things going on, but one last question before I do let you go. What um, Are you hearing anything else about what might be next with the Cubs as things start to happen? Well, you, you, you should expect more of these trades. Uh, I mean, everybody's concentrated on, Briz, on Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Kimbrell, but the, the Cubs have uh, a lot of really good major league players and pitchers that are uh, – one year, uh, you know, and out type players that are going to be eligible for free agency. Uh, you can expect more of these deals that uh, the Cubs look toward the future. And if fans want to get angry about it, I think, you know, they're certainly entitled to. But, uh, you know, when, when you look at the Cubs' future and beyond 2021, uh, that's what uh, Mr. Hoyer gets paid to do, and that's what he's doing right now. Bruce, thank you. We appreciate the news. Thank you for jumping on, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from you over the next uh, couple of weeks and leading up to the trade deadline. Thanks, Bruce. All right, Mark. Thank you. You got it. That is Bruce Levine from 670thescore.com. It it has started. The the Cubs have made their first trade. They moved Jock Peterson to acquire a minor league power-hitting first baseman. guess he better be, right? Bryce Ball, and he is one of their top prospects, top sluggers in their organization. And Bruce is right. He said, read into it however you want. And, of course, I read into that immediately, that it's, you know, you, you have to start, even if they do re-sign Anthony Rizzo to a two- or three-year deal, you obviously have to start thinking about, really that entire infield and and what you're going to do and even god forbid Anthony Rizzo that they're going to eventually have to replace him I don't know none of us knows if Bryce Ball is going to be the guy that does do that but it is certainly a possibility I mean before the year start I mean things have changed so much obviously with the Cubs I mean you you go back to the beginning of the year we did this exercise yesterday where Steve Rosenblum and I had Chris Bryant or excuse me Wayne Randazzo on, Mets broadcaster, to talk about Chris Bryant. He basically said, eh, the Mets aren't really interested in Chris Bryant. Bryant wasn't very good and blah, blah. Now it's like those talks are probably back on. And, you know, Chris Bryant has had a back more like his 2016 season this year than he has been. So things have changed mightily. But I thought that Rizzo was going to be the guy, like out of all of them, that they would continue to build their team around and hopefully win because of. But all of a sudden, uh, even with Anthony Rizzo, 
even considering the importance that he's had with the organization on and off the field, I do think that he is that that says or should remind us that he is as vulnerable to possibly being traded as anybody else. 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm Mark Grody. A few, some of your your text reaction, and feel free to text or call at 312-644-6767. From the 708, 23 years old and still in the minors. <laughs> I don't know his entire story except for what I'm reading and catching up on and what just came in from the Cubs, and obviously that's all going to be glowing stuff because it comes from the Cubs. But that's not a bad point. 23 years old and still in the minors. Uh, from the 708, this sounds like a typical Cubs. Ricketts, feel free to sell the team. I don't think we're at that point as of yet. Ricketts has had a bad year, like this past year. But in the on the overall, Tom Ricketts has been one of those owners who's been really good at allowing his GMs and the the management under him, allowing them to do what they when Theo Epstein came in with the Cubs back in 2012, he said, look, Tom, here, here's, you're not going to like what I'm going to do here because I am going to wreck your major league team for a couple of years. We may even lose 100 games, and I'm going to need better resources. I'm going to need more facilities. I'm going to need a new clubhouse. I'm going to need new guys. I'm going to need different types of employees. I'm going to need a lot. And he allowed him to do it. So I always credit him with that. Now things have become very sort of fuzzy and ambiguous as to what is going on with money. And that all started with you, Darvish. So I think that that's, that's easy to say. Um, from the 309, love Rizzo. Out of bad back, doesn't improve with age. That's from Peoria Matt. That, you know what? That, that's a good point, too. That although he's had the back issues, it's never really crushed a season of his it's always sporadic a day here a day there a week here a week there but I suppose as he gets older that kind of thing is not going to get better and it's possible that you know that things will get worse for him 312-644-6767 is the number we'll talk more about this that the Cubs have traded Jock Peterson the outfielder to the Atlanta Braves for a power-hitting first baseman. We'll talk more about it when we return here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.